You're worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence here this morning, Lord. And each and every day in our lives, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Glory to God. In his presence, there's fullness of joy, the word of God says. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's fullness of joy. There's not a lack of anything. I want you to think about that. In, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And if there's fullness of joy, there's not a lack of anything. That's why the joy is full. There's not a lack of, of health. There's not a lack of finances. There's not a, a lack of anything. Because in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We'll go ahead and be seated. Praise be to God. I want Today is going to be a little bit, little bit different type of a service. I've been wanting to do something like this for a while. But um, I guess the Lord just put it on my heart to, to, to do it today. I want to talk to you today about the Great Confession. You know, Christianity used to be known as the Great Confession because it's what you confessed. It was important, and it's still important. That ain't changed. So the Word of God is very, very important. And if you would with me, open your Bibles to Romans chapter 10. I want to look at a scripture here, a couple scriptures. Well, we're going to look at a lot of scriptures today. Some of them you can just uh, write the scriptures down. Um, uh, we'll just see how the, the Lord wants to play this out here. Um, in, in Romans chapter 10 and verse 10, it says, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, we know that word salvation, it doesn't just speak of, you know, when you die, you go to heaven. Salvation, it means many things. It means healing, deliverance, wholeness, completeness. So there's two things that are in operation here. For faith to work, there has to be, there has to be a confession with the mouth and also with the heart. There has to be believing in the heart. So in order for things to change in your life, it's going to be important that you're, what you're saying about your situation, what you're confessing to yourself, and what you're speaking out loud is going to change everything in your life. And you've got to get a hold of that. It's very, very important for your situation to change. It's going to be what you say and what you believe. Now, how long does that take for you to start saying something, because let's just face it, not everybody, when they speak of the Word of God in the beginning, they believe what it says. You know, as, you know when you're in this, when you're just starting out, you know, you, you don't have the revelation that somebody that's been walking with the Lord for years has. Well, that's just up to the individual. But I can tell you this, the more you say something, the more you'll, it'll start to get into you, and you'll start believing it. And, you know, I like to put it this way, you know, it may start out here in your head, you're saying it, but eventually one day it's going to go from here to here. And when it gets here, it, things are changing. Things are changing. 
So there's two things you, you, know, you have to say. You have to confess it with your mouth. You have to believe it in your heart. Uh, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, he said, you shall have what you say, right? You'll have what you say. The great confession is you will have in your life what you talk about the most. Because what we can't do is we can't go out and just you know, speak these scriptures and then turn around and just say anything that comes out of our mouth that we want. You know, the first thought that's in your head, you know, you're saying that. No, no, you, you can't do that, if it, if, especially if it contradicts the Word of God. You have to be very, very watchful with what you say about your situation or somebody else's situation if you're interceding for somebody. You know, maybe they don't have the faith that, that you have and you're, you're praying for them. Well, you need to intercede on their behalf. You especially need to watch what you're saying about that, that situation because it's real easy when you're, when you're interceding for somebody else to look at that situation and see them doing what they're doing and how it doesn't line up with the Scripture and then, and then talk about it. Does it make sense? All right, you don't want to do that. You, you, you don't want to call those things that be as though they are. That's not going to get them to change. The Bible says what we call, we, while we look not at the things that we see but the things that we don't see, we call those things that be not as though they were. So if we're, if we're believing for healing, we're going to speak healing into that situation. We're going to believe God for healing in that situation, even though in the natural it doesn't look like it's working. All right? So then in uh, Proverbs 4, look, look here with me. Proverbs 4. It says this in verse 22. It says, speaking of, about the words of God, it says, For they are life unto those that find them, and health or medicine to all their flesh. You know, if you go to a doctor and the doctor prescribes medication, you take the medication, right? If it says take it three times a day and take it on a full stomach, you make sure you eat something before you take it, don't you? Right? I mean, you, you don't just take medication when you want to. Why? Because it's not going to work that way. Well, the Word of God's the same way. It's medication, all right? It's medicine to all your flesh. It says, for, for their life unto those that find them. So what should you do with the Word of God? If it's medicine to all your flesh, if it's, if it's health to all of our flesh, you take it like medication. You're faithful. All right? You're, you're taking it, you know, two, three times a day. You're taking that word, speaking it over your situation, and you may take it, you may say it more, just depending on what's going on in your life. So you're, you're taking that like medication. All right? You're confessing it. You're praising him. All right? You're, you're, you're offering uh, 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 a sacrifice of praise through your confession about your situation. All right, in Jeremiah, go to Jeremiah chapter 1. It's important to see these scriptures in the Word. And 
God said this in, in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12. It says, Then said the Lord unto me, You have well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. I will watch over my word to perform it. So God is watching over his word in the earth to do what? To, make, to bring it to pass. When we're faithful, all right, we're believing, we're confessing the word of God. God's watching over that word that we're confessing to perform it, to bring it to pass. How long, again, how long do you have to say it? It, 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 it doesn't matter. That's, that's his part. That's his part. How long does it take to manifest? Our part is the same. Our part's the same. Right? You know, it's, just, it's no different when you go to a doctor and he gives you medication and, and he says, take these pills. Well, you know, you may go back in two or three weeks and he'll say, well, how you feel? Well, I feel a little bit better, but it's not all gone. Well, keep, keep taking them. You know, and then he may see you a little while longer. Well, he, you know, they, 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 they have, might have an idea of a time frame that it takes for that to, to kick in. But with our faith, you know, we, we don't have that. We don't know exactly when that's going to kick in as far as the manifestation. Now, when we start confessing it, that's when we believe in it. From the very beginning, when we speak the word over ourselves, all right, we're believing we've received it. All right? That's our, that's our part is we believe that what, we say, what, we, what we're saying we have. But see, it takes it at a different level where you just take the word of God and you personalize it to your, to your own um, individual uh, need. You know, and that's kind of what I want to do here this morning. Um, I'm not going to get through all these scriptures. It just, it'd be way too long. I mean, I've got two, three pages here worth of scriptures. But I'm, I've, I've broken them down a little bit here. Let's start off with Psalm uh, 107. And I'm going to read them to you as I go through these scriptures. I'm going to read them to you as I, was, I, as I would be speaking them over myself. All right, so that you get a, you get you get a flow, and really it's a it's a it can be a um, a tool to help someone take the word of God themselves and apply it to their own situation and confess it. Psalm one hundred seven verse twenty it says he sent his word and he healed them and he delivered them from their destructions. So what I would do is I would take this scripture here and I'd say Father. I thank you, you sent your word, and you healed me, and you delivered me. I'm personalizing that. I'm receiving that, because that's a word from heaven for me. Now, let's go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs 4. And some of these, I will use a, an amplified version. In Proverbs 4, uh, we're going to look at a, a few verses here, and I'm going to just write from the get-go. I'm verse 20. Father, I attend to your words. I incline my ear unto your sayings. I do not let them depart from my ear, my eyes. I keep them in the midst of my heart. For they are life unto me, and they are health to all of my flesh. Let's look at another one here. 
Joshua chapter 1. get back there and find it. In Joshua 1, verse 8, Father, this book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but I shall meditate in it day and night, and I, I observe to do according to all that is written here in this book. For then I I shall make my way prosperous, and then I shall have good success. See, I'm confessing this over myself. Why? Because what, what am I doing? I'm taking the Word of God, and I'm speaking this over my situation. I'm speaking it over my flesh, because what's the Word say? The, the Word of God is, is medicine, all right, to all of our flesh. So see, just as you would take a pill, or somebody would take a, a, a pill and, 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 and partake of it, all right, to bring, do, to, to bring what? Healing to their, to their flesh. That's what we're doing with the Word. But the Word of God is more powerful than medication. That's where you have to see this. You know, and people in the beginning, a lot of times what will happen is that they see the medication as the, as the main hope. Well, if that's where you're going to put your trust in, that's what you're going to have to. That's what you're going to see whether it works or not. All right. Um, and well, as a matter of fact, let's just go there. Go to Second First Corinthians, chapter two. First Corinthians, chapter two. And back when um, a lot of things, before a lot of things happened with me with the cancer and, and even um, uh, COVID and all that, the, word, the Lord had me, had me meditating on this scripture and preaching from this scripture for, oh, months. And in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5, it says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with taking medication. God's not against people taking medication. But see, when you're looking at what is your faith attached to, is your faith on that medication doing the job solely, or is it on the Word of God? Well, I choose to put my faith on the Word of God. Now, I'll take medication, all right, I, I, and I'm taking it, and just I'm taking it the way that they tell me to take it, all right. But my confession is not over that me, that that medication working. My confession is over the. So I, you know, I, I I say this: my faith stands in the power of God and not in the wisdom of men. My faith stands in the power of God and not in the wisdom of men. Um. Years ago, uh, I had a, 
I had a, a, a good friend that had cancer. And I remember when he was going through that experience, you know, I didn't know then what I, I know today, and, and, and none of us really did. But this is over 20 years ago. And I told him, I said, you know, brother, you, you need to get in a church that will teach you the word and get your faith up. And he insisted, he said, no, no, we're, we're fine. We're, you know, we're, we read the Bible and all that. And, I, you know, there was something inside me that said, you know, you, 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 need, you need faith. You, you need to have the word of God put in you. They went to church and they were believers and all that. You know, that's fine. But see, there's a difference when you, someone that has faith and can stand a storm versus someone that they just got church. Okay. And uh, anyway, as it, he went through this process, and uh, you know, the whole time he believed in God for his healing. You know, and I'm standing in agreement with him. And um, I, I even, you know, I, I even remember specifically saying, you know, you, you and your wife, you need to go to this church in Evansville. And uh, the pastor there, I know, he, he, they'll teach you faith. They'll teach you faith. You know, we were kind of new in, in starting our church at that time, so um, I wanted to encourage him to get in the right place, get, to get plugged in. And uh, again, you know, he just said, <coughs> no, we're fine. Well, he went on through the process, and it got worse and worse. And then uh, he was in the hospital, and I remember he called me up there, and he, he said, Oh, the, the doctors just come in and they did a, another scan there. You know, we're believing that this is going to be the miracle that we're, we've been believing God for. And uh, I said, okay. So we were waiting for the doctor to come back in. And after about 10 or 15 minutes, the doctor came back in and he looked at the doctor and he said, well, doc, what's the, what's the word? And the doctor just looked at him and said, he shook his head. He said, nothing's changed. And uh, this brother got such a shocked look on his face. He said, you mean? He said, yeah, outside of a pure miracle, there's nothing we can do. It's just a matter of days. And he died a short time later. And I'll never forget that, as long as I live. I'll, I'll never forget the look on his face. And I remember when I seen that look, all of his hope, all of his faith was what the doctors were doing. Yeah. You know, he would say, I, I'm believing the Lord to heal me. And, 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 and in his understanding, that's what he was. He was believing the Lord to heal him. But, you know, there's a way to receive from heaven, right? There's a way that, you know, it's that, that you receive things from heaven. There's a right way to receive them, and there's a wrong way to receive them. Just because you have a need in your life doesn't mean that the Father is going to go ahead and take care of it for you, right? He's not. He, he, it doesn't, heaven doesn't operate that way. 
Heaven operates by faith. Faith receives things from heaven and pulls them down here into earth where we need them. Your faith, your confession, what you believe, what you say, that pulls them out of that supernatural realm of the Spirit and brings them to earth where we need them. Okay? So what happens with a lot of believers is they're, they're say, I'm believing God for healing. I'm believing God for deliverance. I'm believing God for this. I'm believing God for that. But see, they haven't, they haven't properly received it from heaven. You know, it's like uh, uh, Brother Dwayne Norman talks about, you know, he gives this example. You, you can have $1,000 in the bank, all right? And you can say, well, I got $1,000 in the bank, and you got a bill that's due for, you know, $200, and you say, well, I got $1,000 in the bank. It's okay. That bill will be paid for. But see, if that's all you're saying, you got $1,000 in the bank and your bill's $200 and it's going to be paid for, that, that bill's not going to get paid. Why? Because you've got to access that $1,000. Something has to happen where you go to the bank, whether it's a check that's attached to that account, and you write, physically write a check, and you go pay that bill, and then they go to the bank and they collect that $200 and that bill gets paid. But just simply you saying, I got $1,000 in the bank and uh, that bill's $200, it's going to be taken care of. That ain't going to cut it. When the date that bill comes, if that's your attitude, when the date due for that bill comes, it's going to come and, and they're going to say, well, they didn't pay their bill. And they might even know you got $1,000 in the bank. But they can't, they, can't, they can't access that because you haven't given permission. You've got to give heaven permission to access things in your life. And that's what this confession is all about. Is you confessing because God's watching over his word in heaven to perform it. He's looking for somebody that's writing a check here on earth. A faith check all right, of the Word of God. <laughs> Not literally check, but a, a faith check of the Word of God being spoken over their situation. All right, I want to look at a couple of <coughs> scriptures of what Jesus um, purchased for us. Go to Isaiah 53, and I'm going to, I'm going to read to you from the Amplified Classic. Isaiah 53. All right, and again, I'm going to, I'm going to say this as, as, a, as I would for myself. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have borne my griefs, my sicknesses, my weaknesses, and distresses. And you carried my sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet I ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God, as if, as if it were leprosy. But you were wounded for my transgressions. You were bruised for my guilt and my iniquities. The chastisement, the needful to obtain peace and well-being for me, was upon him. 
and with the stripes that wounded him, I am healed and I am made whole. See, that, that's, taken, that's taken firm possession of that. And it, that's, what it has, that's what faith has to do. Now, you know, I want to say something about this too. This doesn't mean you have, to, you have to get loaded up with all these scriptures and speak all these scriptures. No, I'm, just, I'm giving you an idea of how to, how to handle this word. Because, you know, the, in Hebrews it says, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, even to the dividing asunder between uh, uh, bone and, and marrow. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So what I'm doing with this word, what I'm doing with the word of God, if you can imagine, is in the realm of the spirit, I'm taking the word of God and all the tentacles of the devil that tried to attach to me, I'm going to take that sword and I'm going to cut them all off me. So that what they're no longer attached. That's what literally people are, when you take the word of God and you speak this. See, that's why I say, you've got to take the word of God and it's got to get in you. And you've got to confess this. And how many times do you have to confess it before you believe? It's different for different people. Sometimes people have to do it for weeks, months. Sometimes they've got to do it for years. It's different for different people. But I can, I can assure you, if you'll take the word and speak it over your situation, the more you'll speak it, all right, the sooner you'll see it manifest. And in the beginning, God's going to work with you a lot because he sees a beginner taking this word and speaking it over themselves. That's where his grace and his mercy comes in. All right? So there's power. But when we just sit back and say, well, you know, God's in control. Uh, I'm just going to leave it all up to him. I'm not accessing anything. You know, I, I can't sit there at, every month and say, well, you know, God's in control of my checking account. My house payment gets paid, you know, that's, praise God. Car payments get paid, well, praise God. <coughs> <You're> street. <coughs> right? I'm going to be in trouble. So let's look at another one. <coughs> Matthew chapter 8. <clears throat> Went down the wrong pipe. Matthew 8 and verse 17. Father, I thank you. It was fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah. Himself, he took my infirmities and he bare my sicknesses. First Peter 2.24 Father, I thank you, Lord, that his own self, he bare my sins in his own body on the tree, <coughs> that I, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes 
I was healed. Now go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians 3. And verse 13, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law, being made a curse for me, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on me through Jesus Christ that I might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. See, there's some powerful things here. All right. Let's look at um, our authority over the devil. Go to Luke chapter 10. I said there's a lot of scriptures here I have on all these, but not, just because of time, I'm not going to be able to go over all of them but I want to hit some highlights. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt me. See, I, I take that scripture, and I, I personalize it to me, because Jesus is saying this to me. Behold, Michael, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing sh by any means shall hurt you, Michael. See, you've got to put yourself there. Nothing by any means shall hurt you. Now I realize that in the beginning, this sound, it may sound a little funny saying it. Just hang in there. Because <coughs> the light's going to go on. When the light goes on, that's when things change. <coughs> James chapter 4. Knew I should have brought some water. <clears throat> James four verse seven. Father, I have submitted myself to God. I resist the devil, and he flees from me. First Peter chapter 5, and I'm going to go to the Amplified. First Peter 5. And verse 9. 
I withstand him. I am firm in faith against his onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined, knowing that the same, the identical sufferings are appointed to, to us, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. Now, I want to look at a couple of scriptures that tell us what faith says. Mark chapter 11. Mark 11. Mark 11, 23. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. So I would personalize this this way. According to Jesus in Mark 11.23, I say to this mountain, this mountain of sickness, be thou removed, I cast you into the sea. I believe that those things which I say shall come to pass, I shall have whatsoever I saith. That sickness is in the sea. Therefore I say, what things soever I, I desire when I pray, I believe that I receive them, and I have them. Now that's, that's powerful because when I pray, when do, when do I get them? When I pray. I'm not going to pray and say, I, I believe I've received my healing. Right? And then turn right around and say, well, I hope that manifests. No, I just prayed. And I said, I believe I've received it. Right? So that's when I've received it. All right? I'm not going to pay attention to, to the manifestation. I'm going to believe I received my healing when I pray. And that's what Jesus said. When you pray, you believe you received it. It shall be given unto you. But if you pray for something, you're believing God for healing, and then you're going to stand around and wonder when you're going to see it, you didn't get it. Because he said, believe you receive it. It shall be given unto you. The condition is, you believe you've received it. Okay, so what happens is, that forces a change in the spirit realm. That forces a change in the spirit realm. It causes things to be moved around. And if you understand things about the spirit, the spirit realm is affected first, and then the natural realm later on. All right? You'll have to make a change on the inside before it shows up on the outside. I mean, you want scripture? Well, the Bible says if, you know, if when you're born again, you're a new creation. Right? Behold, all things are made new. What's new? Everything on the inside. The old man's gone. Now, the outside guy still looks the same. But see, if that person, as they continue to walk with the Lord, guess what starts happening? The outside person starts changing too. 
what happened. The inside changed first, then later on the outside manifested. Now, I realize there's times people get born again and immediately their outside man's chain. Okay, well, that's an exception to the rule. That's not normally how it happens, but, you know, it's great when it does. But we have to deal with what we know. The, the spirit realm's effect first, then the outside is affected. All right, so that's what we look at. You believe you received it when you pray. Go to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Y'all getting something here? I know this may seem kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I want to watch even the word I used to describe it. But it, I believe it will help you so that you can stand on some things. Or, or you can instruct others on how to stand. Psalm 107, look at this here in, in verse 2. It says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Well, Father, you know, here's how I would say that. Father, I thank you that you've redeemed me from the hand of the enemy. What am I saying? I'm saying it. I thank you, Father, that you have redeemed me from the hand of the enemy. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed from the hand of the enemy. What was the hand of the enemy? It was the sickness they were trying to put on me. It doesn't matter where my body still might still have, have some of that effects in it. I'm using my faith to drive that out of my body because I'm believing what the Word of God says. Because my faith is not standing in the wisdom of men, it's standing in the power. God. And that's the power of God that's working in my body to drive that sickness out. Okay? Let's look at another one. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In 2 Corinthians 4.13, it says this, We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speaks. You're believing, you're speaking the right words. Faith speaks. Faith speaks. Faith speaks. Faith speaks the word of God over the situation. It's, am it's amazing how many people today, um, I mean, they're taught this, they've heard this, but they still refuse to, to speak the word of God. They, they can't get over their own flesh. Their own flesh defeats them. Not the devil. Not the devil. This ain't nothing to do with the devil. It's their own flesh. They won't take the word of God and take the word of God save their soul and deliver them and speak it over their own situation. It's called pride. It's called pride. But faith has a voice. Faith speaks. 
Romans chapter 4, let me, and let me get this out of the, the Amplified. Romans 4. Romans 4, verse 17, as it is written, I have, I have been made the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom we believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised, as if they already existed. For Abraham... Human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been promised. So numberless shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter imp impotence of his own body, which was no good as dead, because he was about a hundred years old or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's deadened womb. No unbelief or did the promise of God when he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. Now that's pretty intense right there. If Abraham, who was... A hundred years old, his wife Sarah, the deadness of her womb, never had children. God said, I'm going to make you the father of, of many nations. It says Abraham did not consider. In other words, he didn't even look at his body. He didn't even entertain the thought, Abraham, you're a hundred years old. Your wife's a hundred years old. She never, she's not even had the inkling of a birth. He didn't even entertain that thought. What did he do? He believed God. God said, I'm going to be the father of many nations, therefore I am a father of many nations. So what did God do with Abram? He changed his name from Abram to Abraham, meaning the father of many nations. So God was calling those things that be not as though they were. Because Abram is just a father. Abraham meant a father of many nations. So every time he heard his name from the father, Abraham, what was he hearing? He wasn't hearing father anymore. He was hearing father of many nations. Father of many nations. Father of many nations. So when his wife called him, Abraham, he heard father of many nations father of many nations. He focused on what God had said. What God had said. See, so that's why when you take that word and you speak it over your situation, you're not entertaining the thoughts in your head of what the enemy's saying because he, those thoughts are going to be there. But that's where the word of God says you into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Does it line up with the word of God? If it does, then fine. If it doesn't, Pitch it. Get off of it. Quit thinking about it.
Okay. Um, the, let's look at. A, I want to look at one scripture on the Lord is our strength. Psalm twenty-seven. Psalm twenty-seven. Psalm 27, verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? No one. No one. So see, when you're having fear, you, you look at the, a scripture like this one here, and you just start speaking it to yourself. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know, the devil's trying to tell you, it ain't working, it ain't working, you're getting worse, you're getting worse. No, 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 that's fear trying to speak. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? No one. It ain't getting worse. The Lord is the strength of my life. Well, is he or isn't he? See, and that's where, that's where your faith kicks in, is when, when, you've established, when you're established in the faith, and you're established in this word, something happens. Something supernatural happens. That's why we can take somebody that, you know, they may be lying on their deathbed, and they may have never heard this word before. But we can take one word, speak it over their situation, and if they're, if they're on their deathbed, All it takes. Next thing you know, they'll be up. They'll they they'll be getting out of that deathbed. Why? Because they chose to believe what the even though they didn't have all the teaching that you've got. But see, it, it it's a lot easier if we're prepared. If we have this innocence, it's all it's always working. Amen. You know, thank God I, I knew what I knew when they, when they diagnosed me with cancer. You know, I sure wouldn't want to try to learn this stuff after the diagnosis. That's not a good time to learn. But, I mean, if that's the only time, then you've got to learn. Better to be prepared beforehand. And see, that's what the Lord does. The Lord prepares you for things before you ever get to things if you pay attention. All right? Let's, let's look at another one here. Let's look at a victory over fear. Go to First uh, Timothy. No, I'm sorry, Second Timothy. I always want to say First Timothy. It's Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Second Timothy, chapter one, verse seven. For God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Psalm 23. 
Verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I don't know why they read Psalm 23 at funerals. It's really a song for the living. It's a psalm for the living. It's not a psalm for the departed. All right, because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. They're either in heaven or they're in hell. All right? He's given us power over that. Um, let's look at praise and rejoice. Psalm 34. This is an important one right here. Psalm 34, verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You, all, you always, you always get me on the other side. You always deliver me. You always heal me. You always give me wisdom. You always give me what I ask, what I ask you for. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Why? Because you're a loving Father. He's a loving Father. He's a loving Father. See, your, your confession starts to, it just, it, it permeates in your whole life. In everything, you, in everything you put your heart to. I'll bless the Lord at all times. Look at uh, Psalm 103. I'm, start, I'm closing. There's so many others I could go, but we just be here for hours and hours. But hopefully I've given you some insight on how to speak these things over yourselves. In Psalm 103, verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, not some of them, all of them, who redeems your life from destruction, crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. So how I would personalize this, I, Lord, I, I bless you, Lord. Oh, my soul, I bless, I bless you with all that is within me. I bless your holy name. Oh, my soul, I, I don't forget all your benefits. You forgive all of my, my iniquities. You heal all my diseases. You've redeemed my life from destruction, Lord. You've crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies. And Father, then you satisfied my mouth with good things, your word, so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. <laughs> That's right. He satisfies my mouth with good things, his word, so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. You know, and that's an interesting process there. I'll close with that, that aspect. That's a good place to close right there. Is how, to, how is an eagle's youth renewed? Well, there's a process that an eagle has to go through at about 40, 45 years of age. 
And if the eagle doesn't go through this process, its life expectancy is very short. But what the eagle has to do at about around the age of 40 is they have to actually go through a process where they, they, they start off and they remove every talon on their claws. They, they pick them off. After they get done with that, they then have to take every feather off of their bodies. So they pick every feather off their bodies. They go through that whole process. Then they have to break their beak off. And through that process, their body regenerates new talons, a new beak, new feathers, and their, and their youth is renewed and they become young again. And that's the difference between an eagle that lives to be 150 years old versus one that's only lives 50, 60 years, is they go through that process. So see, when we see that in the Word of God, that our youth is renewed like the eagles when we do what? We go through the process of taking the Word of God, speaking it out of our mouths, all right? Believing it, confessing it, saying it, things start to change in us. Things are broken off of us. Old things are broken off. New things start growing in us. And now our youth is renewed so that we're no longer weak. You know, the word says, let the weak say, I'm strong. Let the poor say, I'm rich. Amen. Let them say that. That's faith. Faith works. Faith works. You know, it's not been called the great confession for nothing. And you know, I, I believe that a lot of the church has lost focus in that, in that that's what the, the, the Christian faith is, the great confession. It's what you say, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. And what's the hope of glory? The hope of manifestation. Christ in you. That word in you, you speak in that word out of your mouth. And what, what happens is things just start changing. Things start changing. You know, you just you, you get to the point where when you speak that word over your situation, if you need wisdom, and this works for anything, not just health. You you go and find scriptures that that apply to that situation and you start speaking them over yourself in that situation. You need finances. Go get scriptures That's, that talk about finances. My God will supply all my need. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you supply all my need according to your riches and your glory in Christ Jesus. Father, I've seen your word. You said the silver and gold is all yours. And if I'm in, if I'm in Christ, all right, then it's mine too. Alright? Because I'm a joint heir with Christ. See, you start seeing things like that. And, and you start saying it, and what happens? Things start coming to you. It's like we make this confession over our, our, our tithes and offerings. You should, you should say that with an expectation of those things showing up in your life. Checks in the mail. Bills paid off. Bills decreased. Money's coming. You find money. Everywhere you go, you start looking for money. Recognizing it. Money's coming to you. 
Money's coming to you. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's stand up. Praise God. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for your word, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus.